Um, right, hello, my name's Jenny Raggett. Um, sorry, should I do that? Yeah, it. okay. Um, and I'm, I'm really, um, I'm not a uh, professional town planner, I'm a campaigner for good town planning and for sustainable transport. I've always been interested in town planning, um, even though I started off life as a biochemist and became a technical writer. And um, I suppose I've attended a lot of local plan inquiries and um, planning inquiries. And um, I'm aware that things are maybe not going in a direction that we would like, um, certainly for urban extension. So this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm part of a project called Transport for New Homes, which is funded by the Foundation for Integrated Transport, which is a charity. And um, Transport for New Homes um, is about site visits. Um, we ask the question, I suppose. Um, we've heard a lot of good words. Um, some of the words are on this slide. Uh, vibrant, um, sustainable, high quality, all sorts of fine words. Um, but are we really building this kind of thing? Are we really delivering sustainable development when it comes to new homes in particular? So let's go and have a look. Um, we ventured out, we looked at urban extensions, new settlements, and we photographed what we found, and we talked to new residents, and we compiled a kind of more academic profile for each place to show the planning history and um, what was actually being delivered on the ground. We're going to a lot of places. We started off with a few. There's now probably about 20. The idea is to get a really good mix so that we do visit urban extensions but also some urban schemes so that we look at urban renewal. And we've also been to the Netherlands um, and um, we've included Cranbrook Newtown as a completely new settlement to visit too. Um, so, uh, what do we look for on our visits? We actually ask, well, what would it be like to live here? You know, what would it be like? Um, does this feel like a housing estate, or does it feel like um, a village community, to use one of the government's um, buzzwords? Is the place present, uh, vibrant, pleasant? Is it well connected to the urban area, not just by roads, but for walking and cycling? Um, how do people travel? What is there to travel to? And what would it be like living here without a car? You know, if you've bought, um, if you, uh, 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 you've bought an affordable home, do you have to have a car as well? Maybe two or three. Um, so what have we found so far? I mean, the project is on, ongoing, but our main concerns um, are to do with urban extensions on the fringe of towns. And there are lots of urban extensions. I think we've, we're charting them as they're built or proposed, and there's, going, there's about 100 or more, that we, and we haven't even worked all the way around the country, so there are a lot. Um, and here are some of the ones we've visited and some general observations so far. Um, the public realm, since you're interested in the public realm, I think we'd describe it as minimalist. Um, <laughs> Uh, the problem is that parking and road access takes up so much space 
um, and they, the uh, developers obviously trying to build as many houses as possible um, and the local authorities are very keen on that to satisfy their five-year housing requirements. So there's a sort of sacrifice, few urban trees, um, gardens, not really very much. And uh, worrying, I think, is the way that developer contributions are channeled into road capacity because ultimately these places are about travelling around by car. And um, if you look at them in the context in which they're built, you can see this very clearly because they tend to be on the edge of town where there are a lot of fast roads and they're slotted in with good access to those. Um, within, the, uh, within the estate, uh, we look around and we say, well, what is there here? Lots of things are promised. What actually has been built? Well, in some places, not much. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to go through them all, but uh, a primary school is, is usually the first thing to be built. Other things are very slow to follow, and in particular, um, local shops quite difficult to open. Um, there are often there is green space, but it's kind of left rough space. You do not get the kind of urban parks that make a suburb, say in London or some of the suburbs we know. Um, it's more green infrastructure, which is nice, but you do need urban parks as well. That sort of thing seems to not even be planned. Um, local centres, lots of talk about village, feel, local centre, vibrancy, but when it comes to it, a lot of these urban extensions are being built near towns, which themselves are struggling in terms of local centres. And um, so, once again, it's quite hard to open new shops in an urban extension to those kinds of towns. What does tend to happen is you get a very large supermarket opening close, and I'm afraid when that happens, the chances of opening local shops within the urban extension is, uh, well, it goes down. Um, I think this photograph shows the Waitrose near the very large urban extension to Swindon at Winchelsea. Um, which uh, was doing very well and catered for a very large area, but when we looked at where the local shops were, you could see where they were going to open, but they're just not going to. I mean, they haven't opened for a number of years, which is quite sad. Um, walking and connections to the air surrounding area. Often, these places are isolated. Um, they're not really linked by streets in the usual way, you know, of a suburb. It's more a matter of the walking route might be, say, down the river valley into town. So there's a, a nice recreational walk into town. But when it comes to a walk into town that would be safe, overlooked by houses in the same way as you would in a suburb, not really. Um, and instead, uh, the walker, as we've tried walking to these places, is faced with a sort of distributor road complex, which really isn't quite the same as a street. Um, road access, as I've already uh, hinted, um, is, normally these places are built with easy access to the road network, and, and they're advertised as such by estate agents and developers. 
Um, new road access, as we've now charted, is paid for by developers and also by the government, who of course are encouraging garden villages um, by saying, you know, this garden village will pay for a, a new road, a new access point to a motorway, or that kind of thing, um, and that will provide for our new sustainable garden village. Well, yes. Um, so this map, which is actually Upton Park near Northampton, shows you know that it's been built right next to existing dual carriageway and roads, and there's direct access onto it. And it's a temptation if you move there to commute a long way by car. Needless to say, as a result of all this, uh, parking does really dominate the public realm. And in many places, there is car parking, both at the front and at the back of the house. So the houses become islands in a kind of sea of tarmac. This is, you know, it's not true in all of the housing, but it's quite common. Um, <coughs> so, um, of, you know, we, we, we put forward these new housing developments uh, in terms of sustainability, walkability, community. There are all many, many fine words. But if you are going to um, build in this way, which is ultimately car-based, road-based, then I'm afraid many of those ideas will come to nothing. Um, it doesn't help, of course, that where these places are being built, uh, urban extensions, they are often very close to out-of-town retail, out-of-town business parks, and everything is already a bit like mini-America. So it's difficult when you're building in that context to really get a place that's walkable, well-connected by sustainable modes, and uh, serviced by bus or anything else. And I, I mean, this is just a, an idea to try and show the implications of this. Um, you end up with the perspective on your new home of not local geography, but really how long will it take me to go by car to X or Y. And in some places, we've even seen, I mean, I've put home for elderly in here as part of this network. We are seeing homes for the elderly built right next to the distributor road or the uh, dual carriageway, um, uh, you know, as though they too were just um, uh, another destination on the road network. Um, people do say, well, what about opening, you know, new stations, development about new stations? Well, you speak to local authority officers and you soon discover the truth about this. Uh, it's really, really difficult to open up new stations. Um, they managed it in Cranbrook. It took them about two decades to do it, uh, that Cranbrook new town. Um, it's network rail, um, and in fact, government money is about long-distance rail travel, but it isn't about local rail, and that's a real problem. And network rail do not, as some people might imagine, go, ah, we've got, you know, two or 300,000 new people moving to this area. I wonder if they need better railway. That doesn't happen. It's not done like that, unfortunately. Um, what about uh, orientation around buses, rapid transit and trams? Well, 
Unfortunately, it's very difficult if you aren't going to subsidise buses to run a commercial bus network out to a new kind of blob of housing um, on the edge of a, a medium-sized uh, market town. In fact, the buses are already being cut. Um, also, you are in a, a situation where people are already wedded to their car, so that doesn't help. And as for rapid transit and trams like rail, it's done in Europe, uh, but for some reason, um, it's not something that's really seriously considered in uh, a planned way in this country, which I'll come to later. Um, um, not all the places we've visited so far are car-dominated. Car I mean, there's been some quite good ones. Bath Riverside, which is an urban development, um, certainly quite impressive. People were walking, there are, but there are places to walk to, it being in Bath. Kidbrook Village in London, um, similar. Uh, local facilities, uh, Kidbrook Station has been done up especially to cater for the vast new housing around it. Dickens Heath is an older <coughs> urban extension and certainly more walkable with shops and a high street. Um, Poundbury struck us as a possible uh, way forward, even though the architecture of Poundbury uh, doesn't uh, please everybody. Um, the thing about Poundbury, we visited about three times and we've spoken a lot to the people who live there and we've also spoken to the Princess Trust and planners. It's um, quite different from the other urban extensions because it's vibrant, it really is. There are a lot of people walking around, there's a lot of, there are shops, there are cafes, there's pubs, there's a garden centre in the middle of town. Um, it, there are independent businesses, it's not a clone town, which is nice to see, and um, people are going in both directions between Dorchester, which is a couple of miles away, and the urban extension, because there are about 2,000 people working in Poundbury on account of integrated land use, and that seems to us to be the key. Um, Poundbury hasn't got a business park separate, it hasn't got a, a retail park outside the area. It's not just another housing estate, everything is mishmashed together. It's also well connected to Dorchester along a proper suburban street and you can walk there. Um, also, it has flexible premises for local businesses and changing community functions. It's not a plug-and-play clone town urban extension, which is what we see elsewhere, where you feel the local community have been taken in, but they don't really own the space. It's, they feel more like they're living in some kind of corporate atmosphere. So, very different, um, Poundbury. Um, I mean, this project is ongoing, we're still not sure about what our conclusions are, but ultimately it's plain that sustainable transport and planning needs to come much closer together at every level. Um, when we speak to the Department of Transport, they don't really know much about spatial planning. When we go to speak to DCLG, they know very little about uh, transport. Um, uh, we've, we've pointed out also that if you do have very high targets, 
done through the Strategic Housing Market Assessment for places which are essentially semi-rural or have a lot of small towns, you will saddle local planners with incredibly high numbers and they've got to find a place for them somewhere. So guess what? Nearly every small town or medium-sized town ends up with its urban extension. So the way we target housing needs to change. We need a national plan as to where we're going to build. And um, only then can we make some kind of progress um, paying for really good public transport infrastructure to support um, new housing. I mean, that's one of the things. The NPPF and the planning policy guides are very, very vague at the moment. Vague aspirations, words that don't mean much and that needs to be changed. Uh, building new homes around new roads builds trouble for the future. And so in conclusion, I don't know if this, if this is something, but fine words, butter no parsnips. In other words, uh, lots of fine words in the NPPF, but uh, when it comes to getting delivery of transport and new homes, it's not working. And uh, changes are urgently needed to steer us in the right direction.